Welcome to The Healthy Beast. Today's guest is Alfie Davis, up and coming star of Bellator MMA, cage fighter, head kicker extraordinaire, and more importantly, my first repeat podcast guest. Great to talk to him again. Hope you enjoy listening. Alfie Davis. Alfie Davis, welcome back. First repeat podcast guest. Oh, thank you. you. Are. Oh, yeah, nice. the first one I've had back on because you were on just before Christmas. Yeah. Fighting career onward and upwards. Third Bellator fight coming up. Yeah. So when is it this Saturday or next Saturday? Next Saturday it is. Yeah, 22nd. So you're going to like nine, ten days out. Twelve days out. Twelve days <laughs> out. Exact, yeah. And so what does that mean in terms of your eating and your training? Do you? Yeah, so the diet's pretty tough at the minute so this this like work week I call it is uh, very low calories I'll have a little bit of carbs in the morning and then it'll be like uh, chicken salad and then in the evening an omelette and with some fruit in between so that's tough until this Thursday when it becomes a week out from a weigh-in and then that's when it becomes particularly hard well actually the eating is not so bad because the caloric intake is not super low it's just I manipulate my um, I manipulate the the food that I'm having so I'll go like zero carb um, I'll go on a low fibre diet and I'll be doing a process called water loading what is a particular pain in the bum because I'm oh, constantly that? weeing yeah oh that's why I say Karen here that's why I have to, con- yeah. to go to the room. yeah well I haven't started water loading yet although my water intake like throughout camp is normally high just because it keeps me hydrated um, but I, also I'm not on although I'm having carbs I haven't got a lot of carbs in me at the minute just because I'm on low calories and you're having so, to train less now or? yeah well I, the in, the volume of training goes down but the intensity is up for this last week so we periodize it that the last week is um, intense but it's, it's shorter so it sort of it will replicate a fight as such um, and it's like so like my coach will speak about like a um, running track you'll start at like 800 meters or 1200 meters go to 800 go to 400 then 200 and then 100 100 meter sprint is um, like the last sort of um, week what you're doing because that it's like igniting the engine we call it we have a metaphor of like a, igniting like the engine so it's yeah. getting you fired yeah, yeah, up fired up and like having a you know like a racing car driver will do a lap before they go so it's that sort of um, thing just before the fight the week out so you doing like fighting training now? Is it more like kind of? No, yeah, fighting training. Yeah, it's everything sports specific now. Um, I might do a little bit of um, cardiovascular on a machine, but everything is uh, specific to a fight. So we'll, we'll be doing fitness stuff, um, but based on like MMA drills. So like it might be takedowns, fast takedowns. It might be um, hitting pads fast and hard. Um, and then the te- the tactical stuff goes up. So we did a lot of tactics. The last week is speaking about tactics for the fight, uh, drilling certain certain things that might happen in the fight, and yeah, just making sure that it's fast and um, nothing slow and laboured. Um, and then yeah, so so this getting fired up thing. Do you ever have trouble getting fired? Because you seem you don't seem like a fighter in that you're kind of in I, as in people's idea of a fighter. They're like you're a really nice guy. Yeah. Do you? Finding that extra gear when you have to actually force yourself to um, be able to t- hurt someone. Maybe. Yeah, have to admit it. Yeah, like it well, is. so there's two situations. In terms of the last week, because I'm on low calories, 
it is it can be tough sometimes because I get in the gym and I'm like oh I'm so tired I need to and then I have to have like maybe a bit of caffeine or and but then once I'm warmed up I'm ready to go but in terms of like fight night and um, turning the switch I think um, I'm quite naturally gifted I'm a good competitor I've been competing in various sports from from when I was younger so as soon as I know it's go time I like have a switch and I have certain mantras and it'll make me just fired up and go although in in previous um, some previous bouts it has been my downfall that because they say there's like an inverted G theory about arousal it's like you can either be over aroused or under aroused so this is we yeah. just got to be clear on the type of arousal yeah. so it's an inverted U yeah, right? yeah okay so talk so how does that work yeah so it's like a this is from sports psychology so if you you can psych yourself out or you can be under psyched so uh, again a good coach told me he was a uh, he was Jamaican he said his mum had a Jamaican pot it's either sometimes it can be too spicy or there's not enough spice you need the right enough right amount of spice if it's too spicy and you go over then you can free yourself out you can psych yourself out and you get start worrying um, and you underperform or if you're not fired up enough some people will go in the fight and they'll be like oh yeah not fired up at night too relaxed and then the guy comes out pacing it fast and then you're like whoa what's going on here so you need that right amount of arousal um and I think some of my losses, some of my losses, well, I, knew, I know at least one in particular is from when I, I went in under, under aroused and I was like, oh, this guy's got nothing for me. I'm just going to go in there and blast it. And then the first round, he come out strong and I was like, whoa, and now I'm backtracking. So I need to keep it up. But then previously when I used to kickbox, I was quite uh, known for like pacing up and down the mats and like I'd almost hit myself sometimes and be like fired up. But then sometimes it would lead me to fatigue a little, a little bit easier because my mind was racing. So I think, yeah, arousal is something that I've learned to cope with over the years. Um, but it's still, it's still quite tough to... I, I do have certain things that will help me, of like, like visualising breathing techniques and making sure I'm fired up or, or not too fired up. But it's still something that you need to perfect leading up to competition, for sure. What are these breathing techniques you're talking about? Because we, we spoke before yeah. about Wim Hof um, and my last podcast guest was a guy called Richie Bostock he's, nice. the, he's the breath guy on um, Instagram and he's a, like a student of Wim Hof and yeah. he did he took me through some of these yeah, breathing yeah. techniques that yeah. Wim Hof does um, and they're amazing in term, like in kind of 10 minutes to turn yourself around from being this kind of you can be all over the shop you can yeah. be a bit feeling down feeling kind of yeah. a bit manic and it's just so calming yeah, yeah. it's am- amazing for me so I'm brand new to it but is it that kind of thing yeah well I do I, I do practice Wim Hof techniques actually and I also do the cold showers that he likes I was doing it for a, a long long time when I, I read about it probably two years ago and I was just fascinated with the guy so I was doing some of the stuff but the breathing techniques are like sort out my arousal will be more just like Concentrate on my breathing. I'm getting comfortable with the word arousal. Yeah, yeah, This is a sports psychology terminology. Yeah, yeah. I'll call, call it, it getting fired up. Let me yeah, see. Fired up. Yeah, fired yeah, up. Not arousal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just a term. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a sports psychology. <laughs> yeah. That's what I tell my missus. It's just a sports psychology. That's what you mean. It's getting fired up, isn't it? Babe, I'm getting fired up. Not you're not making me aroused. Sorry, I forgot a lot so of getting fired. Yeah, up. no. So yeah, I would, if I was, um, if I'd be getting panicked, I'd just make sure that I'm concentrating my breathing, breathing in and out, and, and just slowing my heart rate, and uh, being sort of mindful of my own body. 
so we call it a body scan. I'll, I'll, I'll think of how I feel from my head to my toes, and it will. I think uh, yogis do this as well, just before they're they're doing yoga. So it really makes you in touch with your your body, and it's just like a meditation technique to sort of calm you down, essentially. But the Wim Hof technique, yeah, that's something else. That's um, I, I use this sometimes if I'm like in between sessions, if I'm feeling fatigued and drowned um, and drained. I'd be like, oh, let me let me hit a Wim Hof technique, and I'll, and it will it will change my the way that Wim Hof it'll change your physiology. Yeah, and I was it's listening like, to yeah, him earlier. He's he's a crazy uh, man. But he's brilliant. Man. I so was, good to listen to, but just to talk about all kinds of things. It's not yeah. just this breathing thing. It makes you think about yeah. the way you approach all your problems. And yeah, and floating that float. So the 30, 30 breaths to um, the thirty inhales, and then you hold it for two minutes. That one. I was uh, funny enough. I used, have you seen um, these people that do balloons at parties? They do like the, the oh, hip, what do they call it? Uh, uh, hi- hippie crack. Is yeah, hippie one? crack. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's um. What is it? Uh, it's uh, nitrous oxide. Yeah, That's laughing, it, yeah. Jeff. So I had a go, it's probably, yeah, like, probably like eight months ago, and I was having a go on this nitrous oxide, and it's a weird feeling, it's like this buzzy feeling. But as soon as it hit me, and I was like, whoa, what the bloody hell is this? I was like, all I could think of was Wim Hof, because I was thinking of the 30 to 2, and I was like, this is like a, it's a weird floating feeling, but um, Wim Hof's like the natural way of doing it. Where people are using this like hippie crack to get there, all they have to really do is uh, do the Wim Hof technique, and you're getting this like where your hands and your your fingers are going tingly, and you feel like you're floating. This it's quite a it's quite an addictive feeling to be fair, and uh, yeah, same thing when you come out of a cold shower, you hit the cold shower, and you come out and you feel like you're floating, and it's like whoa, what is this? Because it's that initial um, embracing your inner bitch, as Joe Rogan would yeah. say, isn't it? When you're, you've got that inner bitch, and you're like, no, oh, fuck this, I'm not getting in the cold shower. Or even you're doing the Wim Hof, like after you do it a few times, you get to like 23 breaths or something, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to keep doing these last six breaths, and you want to like suck it in because you know what's going to happen, and then you start floating, and it's like, whoa, this is an, it's quite an addictive uh, feeling for sure. And I, I was amazed how, um, how long I could hold my breath for. Yeah. As well, I did. I didn't. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. I thought you had to be some sort of amazing yeah. diver yeah, yeah, to yeah. do that. And how peaceful you are! Yeah, yeah. Because you're lying there, and you've not breathed for like a minute. Yeah, yeah. And you feel great. Yeah, I think it's it is super addictive, and yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. The problem with it, in, in a way, is, is it sounds too simple, sounds too easy. Yeah. I was trying to. I was uh, speaking because um, I tried to get my my missus to it. Sometimes she get. Um, like if she has a cold or something and I, was, I remember I've been trying to say it to some of the family sometimes like you got cold you should try the Wim Hof technique and they're like oh yeah oh you just breathe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah you just breathe and it's going to help your cold and I'm like mate you've got to read this Wim Hof stuff and you say it to people they'll be like this guy's trying to rip me off he's like trying to sell me something they think it's like a herbal life or something like that and you're like no this is legit this is a legit breathing technique and it can like that Wim Hof got rid of a I think they injected him with a uh, a common virus and he got rid of it within uh, oh yeah that's it they injected him with 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 a load of bacteria didn't they and he just fought it off yeah and he's done all this amazing under the eye stuff oh that's amazing so you can't really laugh it off no. and now um, and okay people say oh he's some sort of freak but there's definitely something in it no there is for sure yeah as I said I've, I play with it to be honest I should probably now, now you've reminded me of it I'll, I'll get back to doing it because sometimes I was doing it a lot and then I fell off of it and now I'm 
Yeah, it's a very good technique for sure. This guy, you should have a listen to him, Richie Bostock, because um, he's a martial artist as well. So he's coming out from that point of view. Uh-huh. So he did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for years, and so he brings like that aspect into it as well. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd been, I'd, I'd tried um, the Wim Hof thing before, but he he showed me says like I wasn't filling my belly with air mm-hmm. and stuff. There's always yeah. You know, it's like anything you learn off the internet. Yeah, it's yeah. always yeah, it yeah. always helps as someone. Yeah, breathing Don't give you a pointer. Yeah. pointer. If he's a martial artist, I can understand it because like, some uh, karate guys will speak about like while they ki it's um people look at people like karate guys shouting and they'll be like, What the fuck are they doing? What <laughs> then, yeah, the ki But there's something to this as well, is like um your body will express more power. It's like if you watch a power lifter or someone lift, they're grunting, they're like ah, and they get it out. And it's like it's the engagement of the different nervous systems. So if you're like um you can ignite your I think it's your parasympathetic, I think, by uh, making sure that you're screaming. Or uh, like this is if you want to really put power in stuff, you'll hear a ah, and and that will and um, make you breathe like more deeply through your, your belly as well. So you've got calm breaths and then so I've used this as well in like inspiring sometimes. I'll work on just nice easy breaths when I'm like sort of flowing and if I want to hit a power shot I'll be like and I'll hit a nice hard um, breath so this doesn't do this with martial arts so it's interesting that he was a martial artist as well because I, I feel that would help with the breathing for sure they definitely because uh, I was imagining you know like if you're getting choked yeah, you know, MMA, Jiu Jitsu, whatever, you can, people can do it, they hold their breath and buy themselves time. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you're new to it, you're just, as soon as you can't breathe, you'll panic. Yeah, yeah. But knowing just how long you can hold your breath, yeah. so it does it makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. You know. It's the confidence, isn't it? Just knowing that your body's got enough oxygen in it for ages, yeah. you know, and you can be underwater or being, being choked or whatever it is, and you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. yeah so it's like, comf- a lot of, um, once you know that you can do it, it's like the, the person that run the, the first five minute mile once once people knew that it was done everyone four started cracking four minute mile yeah, so, yeah. yeah people started cracking it yeah and it's straight away so the human body is it's, it's wonderful isn't it as soon as you know you can do something it's like oh shit I can do that and then there's more developments on it so yeah I think there's definitely because you hear all these people that can hold chokes for, oh yeah it's hard to choke out but they've clocked something somehow the first so, time I did it it was with I think it was with Lonnie yeah it was with Lonnie in the gym I got got him a choke and I didn't, and I thought I didn't have the choke properly, yeah. and let it go, and I realised that he just shut down and was holding his breath yeah, yeah. and waited until I gave up on it. So if you can, if you have the confidence to do yeah. that, and then because you've always got time to think of something else, you yeah, know, yeah. find some other way out, yeah, as long yeah. as you're not panicking like that. Yeah, some of these uh, high-level jiu-jitsu guys know know exactly how to do that. So there's definitely something to that for sure. Talking of high levels, how you see guys in MMA? I'm not picking my nails now. I've got a tiny splinter from, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from a cactus, and I was thinking that's got to be like the most wimpy, small amount of pain to compare with. But some of the things you see people in MMA put up with, sticking out bones, and they just kind of poke them back in and get on with it. Do you kind of think about? Have you you haven't had anything that bad happen to you in a fight, have you? Yet? Um, no, in a fight, touch wood, no. I've sort of like. Inspiring, I've dislocated my the the probably most shocking thing is I've dislocated one of my toes and uh, I don't know if you've seen John Jones when he fought um, his was broken mine could could oh, still be broken oh I, yeah. I remember it was a Charles yeah, Simon yeah. fight it was yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. most disgusting things looking the other way so that happened to my little toe it was like I, I went for a front kick and the guy blocked it with his elbow and I felt like oh that seems weird I carried on spine for like 20 seconds looked down at it and it was pointing the other way and that was the most like peculiar thing and then uh, 
yeah, my coach just put it back into place. Um, so I was quite lucky. It was only a dislocation. Well, we believe it still could be broke. But yeah, I'm quite lucky. But adrenaline's just such a great painkiller. It's like, and when you're in the moment, like a lot of things, I think you're speaking about you broke in your leg and you was like, or you was under the influence. When you say, yes, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. It's like, I've, I've, talked, I've talked about this injury before. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no, there yeah. no secrets. But yeah, it could be uh, adrenaline or it could be that you, your mind was elsewhere. It's the, the pain receptors, essentially. If the adrenaline's taken over or whether it's an alcoholic beverage taking your pain receptors, I think the body can adapt and uh, yeah. So, but you see some people, yeah, they're dis- the, the funniest one I've seen is, uh, I think it was in a Russian promotion, this guy dislocated his shoulder and the opponent saw that it was dislocated and didn't want the fight to go on. He said to the ref, no, wait. And he grabbed his hand and put his shoulder back in and they carried on fighting. That is a great... So his opponent... Yeah. His opponent helped him out. Yeah, and they carried on fighting. I was like, oh, that's nice. great. That's yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he didn't want to win by like a dislocated injury. So he popped it back in and then it was like, oh yeah, they'll carry on fighting. So. It says a lot about the sport, doesn't yeah. it? But I think you do, you, but you do get that respect for someone, don't yeah. you? If you? Have you ever had any bad blood like after your fights? Or you um, after, no, not after my fight actually. After any of my fights, I haven't had anyone that... I've seen a few opponents after and you can tell that they're still like sort of pissed off that I've beaten them. But there's no one that's sort of had like they they want yeah they've got like a, a particular thing but no it's just competition before a fight I've heard I have a lot but after a fight I think it's there is a respect because you need a partner to dance with essentially so it's, just, yeah. yeah yeah do you um but do you do you use, do you look at them and try and get yourself motivated by disliking them or um depends it is, it varies from fight to fight to be fair um some guys are watch if I don't like certain things that they do, then I'll just instantly not like them. But you try. But one was saying, yeah. do you try and do that? Does that yeah. help you? Do you think? Do you, do you try and like no. demonise them with like? Um, not I'm really thinking of Rocky with the Iron yeah, Drago yeah, yeah. for some reason. Yeah, not really. No. Uh, actually, to be fair though, yeah. Some, some, if I look at them, if like it, I would compare it to training. If I like, some people come in cocky and then they'll like stroll about the training hall. And I'll be like, oh, this guy's a cock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt him. <laughs> so if I get this with my opponent, it makes it more aggressive towards him for sure. So there's some people that will walk about, and I'll be like, ah, oh, he'll do a certain thing, and I'll, I'll just want to smash him. So yeah, I think yeah, maybe we, I don't intentionally do it, but my mind will, like the competitor in me, will be like, yeah, I want to smash this guy now. So yeah, because going back to the niceness thing, you need yes, it's a yes, it's a sport, and you're kind of professionals doing doing what you need to do, but. You do need that element of yeah. meanness. You need that mean streak, don't you? Yeah, you definitely need aggression in 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 this sport and and a lot of sports. To be fair, um, I think like rugby, football. There's like aggressive players that do particularly well because um, of their their use of aggression. It's like an in- intimidation factor. You d- you don't want to go near them because they're like, well, these seem a bit aggressive. And uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, especially in MMA, if you see an aggressive fight, yeah, some people will like psych themselves out before they get in there. Like, well, this guy's scary. But if, you, if someone was to fight Pal Harris, <laughs> the aggressive leg locker, <laughs> there you can see him there. Oh, it's no Pal Harris. He's yeah. the guy who would get people yeah, leg locks and, legs. and not let go. Yeah, yeah. If you think about wanting to fight him, you're like, well, this is scary. So I think that tactic definitely works for. I think this is what McGregor done a lot. A lot of the time, he'd like psych people out by being like aggressive shouting in their face and, and and being making them pissed off and then they'd be psyched out before they get into the fight 
So. so at your level, so fairly new to Bellator, this will be your third fight. Yeah. Do you, do they get you involved in any of that stuff, or you kind of was that later on when you kind yeah, of get um, towards headlining? You? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't really had any um, for this fight. I haven't had any meetings with my opponent uh, on previous fights. Like I remember my fight in Dubai on on Phoenix and. Um, some other fights I've had in like like U7A we got to have a bit of banter before but it was just like just before so I'm not super experienced in that the the media build up but I'm quite excited to to have that stuff because I I was always known at when I was younger to like be the guy that would banter everyone so I'd always be the piss taker so if, if there's like a group of group of boys or someone I'd always be ripping people so I think I'm quite well trained in like because <laughs> you, you weren't really a fighter when you were little were you so you didn't get into me nah it was more yeah when I was little I was I was I used to have like a bit of banter and stuff like that but I was to be honest I was one of the weaker ones in, in school uh, and then people found out that I was on kickboxing like around mid-teenagers and people didn't really want to like fight me so I was quite lucky in that I didn't have a lot of a lot of fights um, where some people where I grew up were like always fighting so yeah and also I think that yeah I used to banter people it was never like malicious but I would, I, I would piss people off sometimes but it was normally just like banter I think I got quite a good uh, like taking the piss out of people and like if it got too much I could like pull away but depends if I liked him or not <laughs> so if you, have a few, if you have a few more decent fights in Bellator you could be at that the sort of level where you're you know involved in the, head, the main card and yeah, yeah. kind of they might need, might get a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, a bit of build up. Yeah, why not? Be nice. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Because yeah. you're 26 now, are you? Yeah, 27. I oh, had a birthday. Yeah, yeah, you're 27. Yeah, and you're quite you're ambitious, but you're taking your time, right? So you're yeah. you're not kind of thinking you want world title next year, but yeah, within two years, I would like it. So yeah, it's not like. I don't want to just because I've just signed with them. I've heard a, a lot of people they're like just signing and they're calling out, saying like we want to do this, we want to do that. So yeah, within two years, I think that's a good scope. So Twenty-seven. This is like, I think this is the peak sort of age for MMA fighters around late twenties to sort of early thirties. So I'm 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 ju- I'm coming into my peak with with, um, with in terms of MMA. So I'd like to hit that title within within the peak. So I think within two years, if I have the right fights. Um, and prepare myself correctly I could definitely f- be fighting for the title um, but not like next year no or like this year I wouldn't want to do I wouldn't want to jump into a big fight too early because I'm sort of I'm still in my learning phase with with um, learning phases in certain arts so what do you yeah. feel is weak at, weaker at the moment um, should, should we're not supposed to say yeah no I d- yeah I, d- I, I, well, I definitely know my striking is my best my best thing because I've been doing that the longest and then yeah, my jiu-jitsu's got a lot better. My wrestling's got a lot better. I'd say I, I still need to get my wrestling and jiu-jitsu to a level to compete with, like, the highest level guys. So the guys that I'm c- competing at, at at the minute, I, I can definitely... I can even, like, be aggressive in my jiu-jitsu and, and attacking-wise. But if I was to come up to, like, a like a all-American wrestler or, or someone that's really skilled in jiu-jitsu I'll be able to defend against them but in terms of me switching switching on them and, and being the attacker um, I'd have to just defend and, and try strike them so I think yeah my, my uh, wrestling and jiu-jitsu is still something that I have to work on but I, I don't know if I'll ever get to the level of my striking but this is this is what's so fun about the sport it's that constant there's constant. so much to it yeah do you, um, do you train in the gi? 
No, really? no. I'd, I got my blue belt, like, how long is it now? Five years ago. And then I recently, um, there's a guy in Richmond, Carlos, he gave my blue belt. He was uh, doing a bit of gi. But it's just, I'd like to do it. I'd like to have the belts because eventually I want to retire and have like a like a, my own academy so having a black belt people will look at it and be like oh he's a black belt they'll, they'll take um, they'll respect me more for being a black belt but in terms of MMA I don't think it helps um, now or wearing the gi yeah it? I don't think it does um, there is an argument for this people say it tightens up your game it, there's various other things and maybe because I've gotten a blue belt I've sort of disregarded that but I believe just doing nogi is just much more beneficial. Like if someone tries to play spider guard with me, or they're going delahiva on me, and I have to work out of that. And so, but at the same time, yeah, gi, it's it's hard. I don't know if it definitely helps. I know we asked Gary Tonin when he done the seminar if he does any. He's like, no, he doesn't do any gi anymore either. And and that sort of made me think, yeah, gi doesn't help with MMA that much. But the other argument that someone else was saying was, um, you know, like football, if the Brazilian footballers, they used to play a thing, I think it was called football. It was like a small football, and they would, like, kick the football around, and it was like two-touch football. But um, this is this could be explained sometimes to why they're um, they're so skillful on the ball. And um, I think the, the talent code was uh, saying about this. Um, so I sort of compared that to gi jiu-jitsu sometimes. Um, and I was like, yeah, gi can slow it down and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't, yeah, I don't like the idea of people get having the wrong grips and playing games that essentially will have n- no resemblance to no gi or MMA. So, yeah, I stick to no gi now. Just because there's limited time. I think the time I spent doing gi, I can wrestle or I can improve my striking. But it's a fun game. I do. I really like gi. Though. It's a shame because it is a fun game. But, it's really uh, fun, but some of the stuff. It depends who you're. I mean, I, I'm one of these people who I just roll more or less the same whether I'm wearing yeah, yeah. one or not. You just happen to be wearing a gi. But yeah. some people, it's their whole game. Yeah. And yeah. They yeah. Do all this. Yeah, that's the sleeve stuff. Yeah. And, and I can see, you know, it's useful and annoying. Yeah. Rather than something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. It's but, tough. Yeah, it, yeah. Golden Ryan had that problem because he's an elite no gi grappler hmm. and he went he was trying to try and do gi and he was like yeah it's just so annoying because of the what's yeah people are just grabbing him and stuff like that so yeah it is fun game though when I retire I'll be doing a lot of gi it'll be like because again I think there's there's a slight reduced risk of getting injured although your fingers do get busted up yeah it's a bit slower mm-hmm. so there's a slight reduced chance of getting injured doing gi um and it's quite fun then there's a lot more to learn so you're constantly not that I've ever, not I've got to the point where no gi is there's not a lot to learn but um, I suppose I'll be reaching the peak of like eventually I'll get to the peak where like there's not going to be as much to learn as within the gi and then I'll have to learn all the other spider guards and the lassos and the, I'll twist you around here and all stuff that stuff like there yeah I'm telling I must admit I, f- I find my, myself glazing over a bit during those doing those yeah. bits because I kind of I do sort of think yes yeah, I shouldn't say this but yeah it's a martial art and it seems to have gone t- when it's too grippy it yeah. seems to have gone too far down a, yeah. a road I don't, I don't yeah. understand but maybe that's just me being yeah, another blue belt I don't think it's defence either no. yeah. yeah but there's certain, like, I think the direct and like aggr- like brutal stuff is the stuff that you want 
um, in terms of self-defense. But yeah, when you see people like spinning on the floor and stuff, that's when it becomes the sport. So yeah, I can see why some people would be like, oh, I don't really want to learn this. So. Yeah, I think if you're choosing to put yourself on the floor upside down, I don't know, it's, it, does, it seems to have gone quite far away from a yeah. fighting art for me, but yeah, we'll yeah. get in trouble, get our, our stripes taken away yeah. for saying that. Yeah, I suppose the argument against that is leg locks, but at the same time, it's, yeah. Even set up with my leg in plaster, even saying leg locks at the moment, it's <laughs> yeah. a little, bit, a little, little yeah. tweak in there. When, you, when you've got a fight coming up, do you um, have to teach less or do you? Yeah, so I try to reduce the amount of like PTs I do. Um, at my academy, at the minute, it's, um, I'm heading it up and I've employed like a instructor, Claire, and I've got a few other people helping me out. So they do help me out, but um, at my academy, I'm still teaching. So this is the kids? Yeah, the kids and, and the Alfred adults. Alfred Davis Kickboxing. Yeah, Alfred Davis around. Kickboxing yeah. in uh, Putney, London. So I've, it's been running around, I think it's like a year and a half now, so I've had it. So um, I haven't got to the chance, I haven't got to the, the the point where I've built up enough instructors to sort of help me take the classes full time. Although when I'm fighting, like the fight fight week, I'll, uh, I'll give all my classes away. Um, but yeah, I'm still teaching leading up to fights. But it's not too, it's not, it's only like, I think it's eight hours a week. It's not like a, a silly amount of hours teaching. Um, but it's just the PTs and, and other stuff can be, uh, it's quite hard managing yourself as a fighter and also uh, trying to earn money at the same time because um, now I'm starting to earn okay money from Bellator but before it's like if you're you're juggling two jobs essentially because you've got I was being a PT I was um, teaching classes and then also I was training full time so it's it, it's finding it's finding the balance between them because I could get more PTs and earn more money and it's great it's like oh yeah it's more money but then I go into training tired or I'll, I'll, won't, I'll miss a whole session I'll be doing like two hours of PT I could miss a whole session so it's finding the balance between having money and yeah training so it's, it's quite tough That's so, so bringing in enough time to put the hours in basically yeah exactly yeah. so you're the Jimmy Fighter out of the London Shoot Fighters right do you have like a dedicated coach there or? yeah we have two coaches we have um, Paul and Alexis so they've been um, instrumental in MMA in the UK because for years now they, they were one of the I think Shoot was the first MMA gym to open in the UK uh, and they've been running over 20 years um, so yeah these guys yeah they're sort of wizards in, in MMA um yeah, you could ask them a question and be like yeah you've got to do this you've got to do that and uh, so yeah they're head coaches and yeah they're very good at their job and do they take it do they look up into your nutrition as well do you have to do that for yourself well yeah they, they give some advice but I've also had um, like specific nutritionists before um, I, I, I've researched a lot of it myself as well because um, I've done a sports science degree so I sort of knew knew about um, nutrition from that Um and also, yeah, researching it myself. But also, I've had a uh, a nutritionist before, um, like give me a plan and speak to me about like what what would be best. So I, I use the same similar plans to that and and the research. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's particularly just combat combat um, coaches. So are you are you good once the fight's over as well? Or do you still look after yourself? Yeah, <laughs> this is this is this is uh, this is tough. Um, yes. Yeah, so, 
it's short answer is probably no. I think I've got a no. I'm yeah, hearing a no. Yeah, it's probably a no, yeah. Well, Ricky Hatton levels. Yeah, Ricky Fatton, yeah. Is it? Yeah, no, nah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It's all, I've never seen you kind of waddle in. No, I've never been... Uh, at the gym, I'll get taken the fist out of being, like, chubby. But I've never been, like, overweight. If you look at me as a normal person, you wouldn't look at me and be like... Oh, that guy's like a he's he's fat. No, you look uh, well. You yeah, look healthy, yeah. Like you maybe yeah. In a t-shirt, I'll look good, and like I'll be probably like yeah. In a t-shirt, I look good. I'll go up. The most I'll go up to is probably like sixteen, seventeen percent body fat. Probably we're assuming like body fat, but at the same time, I probably shouldn't blow up as much as I do sometimes. But it's tough. It's like bodybuilders do the same thing. It's like once you're mentally you're preparing you've got 10 weeks or 8 weeks of dieting you're literally not allowed to eat a lot of stuff and you're feeling drained and then after you've hit that that fight you're like oh relief and then you can binge out so I think I'm getting better at it but I'm still I'm still a bit of a binger to be honest with you You would you ever be tempted to go up a weight category yeah I think eventually I will have to Um, I quite like like the idea of um, fighting in two weight classes anyway um, but I think eventually as I get older and also um, I've been doing a lot of strength training the last sort of three, four years and I think just my physically I'm getting bigger so it's getting harder to weight them, make the weight like my, my water cut is getting more um, I'm becoming more rounded like uh, my shoulders are getting bigger and my legs are getting bigger so I think it, it will get tougher to make, make the weight class so because uh, it's light for your frame it's what's it 11 stone it's quite yeah, lightweight. Light. Yeah, seventy down, down, down seventy point eight kilos I've got all in, so it's a tough cut for me. What are you yeah. now, right now? Twelve. I'm about yeah, I'm about seventy eight kilos. Okay. So yeah, seventy eight, seventy seven and a half. So I'll have to lose like a kilo this week, get to like seventy six and a half, and then I'll go through the process of water loading, low carb um, diet, low fiber diet, and that will bring me down to about seventy five kilos, and then I've got a pound allowance, so I have to. I have to do like 4.2 kilos in uh, vile water. Yeah, that's the horrible. That's part. the horrible. Yeah, you talk about yeah. a lot of it, draining yourself out, yeah. hot bath, sitting yeah. towels, suffer, suffer. Yeah, yeah. That's that might be when a bit of Wim Hof comes in. Yeah, because he must be going. He must be going a bit crazy. He must test you psychologically. Yeah. does it? Yeah, 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 might, yeah. Maybe I'll play with that. You're not meant to do Wim Hof in a in a oh, bath. Not right? yeah. In the bath. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to pass out. No, yeah. I'm already close to passing yeah, out. I'm doing Wim Hof. Don't do it in the bath. Don't yeah, do it in the yeah, bath. Whatever yeah. you do. I, I listened back to our podcast from before, and you were talking about teaching kids. It essentially sounded like wax on, wax off kind of thing. But you used this uh, probably sports psychology word for the way of tricking them into getting to do repetitions. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember what it was? You were like saying um, disguised repetition. Oh yeah, disguised repetition. Yeah. I was thinking about that because my kids do jujitsu and they and they and they're always being all the games are sort of tricking them into yeah yeah doing, just doing the same stuff yeah you just got to sell it to oh them. yeah can we play yeah, yeah. whatever daft game and it's like each one's a trick of a different yeah, yeah. skill they're working on oh we're on. doing this they compare it yeah oh we're doing this oh, dragon brilliant. stuff now yeah <laughs> no you're doing a roundhouse kick <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but even adults work like this as well you can make everything a game it's like it's a target isn't it I think it's just out out we always human people just want to get better so I think it's yeah game. It's most of them are if you think of like an exercise bike that's got some screen of you're cycling through a forest or something that's that's the same thing isn't it yeah, that's yeah. making it fun yeah. for a grown up yeah 
I suppose like, they were no different to kids really yeah, in that way. Yeah, and they time something like, how many, how many press-ups can you do in two minutes? And you're like, oh, this time I've done 50. Or last time I've done 48, you're getting better. So I think it's like, you can make everything a game. It's like, yeah, tricking yourself to repeat and, and uh, yeah. So. I think it's pretty much the trick to anything in life, isn't it? To make it fun. Yeah. And it'll be all right. Yeah, make yeah. It fun. Well, it's why... It's why when you do something like jiu-jitsu, you, you can get fit without thinking about it yeah. because you just find something you really like doing. Yeah. But like that Michael Mosley guy um, talking about fasting, he was saying how he has to force himself to do this exercise. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying, yeah, but I like it. And he's going, oh, well, that's good, but I don't. And most yeah. people don't. Yeah. So I, he, I listen to that podcast. Yeah, that was the only bit where... I mean, I think what he says about eating is amazing. He knows as much as anyone about this topic. Yeah. But yeah, I, I kind of hadn't figured that he's just saying that he's accepted it. There are some people who don't like it. Mm. And he's decided he's basically making himself do it to live longer. Yeah. I think that's good. It's better, better to do it than not do it. But the yeah. idea that you'd have to do it every day and hate it, I find strange. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. I don't know if he was saying it just to uh, sort of help people out there that do hate it and say like yeah I still I think do he it gen- I think he gen- genuinely doesn't like it he's not yeah. like a he hasn't found a sport he likes yeah. he's not I don't think he ever liked sport when he was younger so he forces himself yeah. to cycle I mean you've got to I suppose good on him for doing that because you're forcing yourself to exercise when it's not really your yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, no, yeah. But for most people, I thought you could find a sport you'd like, you know. Yeah, a sport or some sort of activity. Walking, but, no. nice walk in the country, listening yeah. to an audio book, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone can find something, but, but yeah, if you find yeah. something you genuinely enjoy like this, it's Yeah, cool. it seems weird to me, but I suppose I'm a professional athlete and you're really into things. It's like some people probably do some stuff and be like, oh, that's horrible, I want to do that. And he must love it. So it's one man's pleasure is another man's poison. Yeah. This, isn't it? But being laid up like this, you do make the good thing about it. You got to take the positive out of it. You yeah. you appreciate just little things like walking in, popping out. Yeah. You know, yeah. and training for definite. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember when I injured myself, my mind was going crazy. It was like, yeah, just mentally, not not getting in the gym and like expending energy can be. It can make you maybe grouchy and. Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a tough. Yeah, you've got to it's, you've got to get your way through it by thinking and thinking about, you know, um, getting out basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, getting better. Yeah. And but then I suppose there's opportunity to do other stuff, like catching up with work and. Yeah, I've got a lot of work to do. My guitar is getting pretty good. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm stretching a lot as well because the neglected area. Because uh-huh. the, the one thing I can do now is stretch, is stretch a lot. So yeah. I figure when I come back. Read more, read more books. Yeah, and you can do upper body, can't you? Yeah, been I've been doing. I've been doing. Yeah, yeah I have. I've been yeah, doing yeah, a reasonable amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, injure one thing, you just work on the others. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Alfred, it's brilliant to have you on again. So your your kids' kickboxing is Alfie Davis kick, kickboxing. Excuse me, Alfie Davis kickboxing on Insta. Your Alfie R Davis on Insta. Your gym. Want to shout out to him, London Shoot Fighters. Yeah, London Shoot Fighters. Yeah. Is it London Shoot East or are they different? Like, no, no, they're, they're, they're the same oh, brand. I've heard before and I got Yeah, confused they're the then. same brand. They're just um, the Shoot Fighters is in West London. And you're fighting Bellator a week on Saturday? Yeah, Bellator is at uh, SSC Arena in Wembley. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's Amazing. We're well, watching your career with um, great pride and I hope you're going to go all the way. Yeah, it's great to have you again. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks, man. Cheers. 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 
Thank you again to Alfie. Find out more about Alfie at Alfie R. Davis. Alfie R. Davis on Instagram. His Kids Kickboxing Academy in Putney is Alfie Davis Kickboxing Instagram. Healthy Beast is at Healthy Beast Podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.